It's like full Will Anderson style. Just straight, have a conversation and just, just edit it in. No straight, editing? Straight in, Joe. No editing. It's the rules. Um, good morning. Welcome to a special collaborative podcast. Um, we've got two of the greatest men of all time to my right and left. Uh, I've got the GOAT himself, Rick Mirabella of um, Runners fame. Um, he's been on the podcast, Virtus podcast before. He also has a uh, Runners podcast, which I would highly recommend you listen to. This would be a simulcast, hopefully on both. So going worldwide. And to my right, I have the junior GOAT, Lockie Wallace. Um, we're here to talk about me, funnily enough. Um, this has oh, been. Not oh, it's not all about you. Mostly about you. Mostly about me. Um, this has been. The wheels have been turning in motion for a little bit of time regarding this podcast. We planned to do it earlier or late in 2019, which would have corresponded with Rick's stuff he was doing through November and December with his Above the Shoulders, which was uh, a series of podcasts that looked deep dived into mental health and what what are people doing in that space in his community and i know it's been a topic that has come up on numerous occasions definitely at the virtus in the virtus podcast which has been on a bit of a hiatus but wallace doesn't know what to be doing. confirmed to be, what's going to, on with that to be assessed so i guess we're just here to talk about um mental health and my journey through that because i had a pretty uh interesting 2019 a a big year in terms of that space and a lot of you probably read uh the article i put out on uh wallace's platform which was his um his weekly email but i was also musings that week (laughs) moves momentary music which i think gained a lot of traction or the response that i seemed to follow from it was people liked it and i think the more honest and open we can have with conversations about this space is really important. I think doing this outside of that whole Movember movement and opening up the dialogue again, because I kind of think it gets squashed into that month a lot and people then don't really continue on with it. I think now it's January after all the silly season and those kind of things, it's um, it's probably not a bad space to reopen that, tear that bandaid off again and yeah. reopen that wound, I guess. The, um, the community definitely resonated with that. One, because it was so honest and so raw but I think because it's something that everybody needs or wants a platform to be able to talk about that stuff. And it's not not even just talk about it, but share it. So yeah. that format was a little bit different. It was, um, it was real and it's something that impacted everyone that read it. So good from you. Thank you. All right. English was my worst subject at school. There was a few grammar and spelling errors in it, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, old Grammarly didn't get a hold of it. <laughs> you could have uh, fooled me, Pulsey. Uh, thanks for that intro. That was really good. Hey, um, it is great to come down to Mornington and catch up with these boys. Um, it has been on the cards for a while. Um, our Above the Shoulders segment was magnificent. There was four episodes of very courageous uh, men in, in that series, which was amazing. But we've got a couple of women coming on with the next block, which will be uh, autumn for the runner stuff. But uh, like Lockie does, get some inspirational people on as well and they always really they're not they're not scared to attack the big topics and i don't think it's that easy you okay jared I'm right, jared you. needs some water richard i don't i don't think it's um i think what you said about january is a great a great thing what like you kind of we make some promises to ourselves to to uh look after ourselves and and just do the little things like right like what are we going to do right in 2020 that's going to set us up 
um, mentally, emotionally, and just just in, to, for a much simpler and easier life in in twenty twenty. But by this time of the year, a lot of those good intentions are, have already fallen by the wayside. So, I think coming on and Pulsey courageously wrote that article, and I'll also we'll put it to the show notes, and I'll also share it with, with my guys as well in Melbourne. But if you're not um, if you're not local, then I'm sure we can both put up to the show notes, guys, because yeah, um, it is a really powerful piece. Um, and he's just been so raw and courageous. So this, pretty much his podcast is just Pulsey's story, even though we made him introduce the first three minutes. <laughs> it's pretty much all Pulsey. Me and Locke will just lead him in that direction and, and it will go in whatever direction it goes in. But um, Very organic. It's very organic. <laughs> Organic's a nice word, but I'm telling you, um, the listeners that are um, listening that any of this resonates, um, you know there's always avenues for for help and we'll put them on the show notes as well um but you i promise you if pulsey's we're only here to help thousands tens of thousands of people because um if he's going through it and i'm going through it a lock is going through it there's chances are i think it's four out of five you know four yeah, out of four, five. four i just had a meeting with my psychologist today and she said one out of four people suffer from a mental illness in australia and and with what's happening in recent light in gippsland and in the southern coast of new south wales too i think that could bring up a whole range of emotions for people and I know people will feel a little bit anxious about the whole kind of situation we're in at the moment with that so I think having those resources available to you and just being open and honest with each other I think is really really important. I know you've been on this podcast a fair few times. You've hosted it. You've you've you've, yeah, he you've uh, interviewed Locke I think <laughs> twice, which is which are great great listens. But um, take us back. On, I know about your Ironmans, your triathlons, your marathons, your football. Take us back and just give us a bit of an overview of your own, I guess, awareness of your own well-being. Um, and nothing to do with physical this podcast today. So your own well-being at primary school, high school, through sport, all that kind of stuff. And then where did you start to get some trigger points that said, oh. Maybe I'm not um, traveling as well as I'd like to be. It's probably taken me till now, really, to really fully understand how I was feeling. Um, it took me till this year to really um, say, I've, I've got a problem, I'll put my hand up and I'll, I'll go see someone and talk to someone about this. But looking back now, I probably would have been feeling like this for a very, very long time. Like you could have pinpointed it through maybe even high school, back to like late stages of high school, which 18, which is 14, 15 years ago. Like the feelings that I was having back then matched up or, or paired up with the way I was feeling now. So to think about it as that, but we just, we weren't, I wasn't educated. It wasn't mature enough to understand that. Like when you grow, when we grow up through our generation, like it's, it's something that was very, very taboo. It's obviously getting better, but there just wasn't that information and resources out there and it just never really came up. But some of the, the way I was feeling and the way I was feeling about myself in particular throughout those times, it, it, it clearly shows the same pattern that the way I was feeling prior to oh, this past year in 2019. So I couldn't say for sure, but it, it's probably been with me or a, a part of me for, for a, a large, more of my life than it hasn't been, what I can remember now. Were there any avenues that you took back then to make you like even give you some relief slight relief or like um whether they're healthy or unhealthy yeah avenues? um i guess looking back at it probably i use sport as a bit of a as a coping mechanism to be able to be involved in a team situation and being able to contribute and i guess as a, that's a positive being around your mates and, and those kind of things but i guess probably on the negative side i probably ate my with my emotions a little bit and that's probably what led to me become 
the way that was back then and everyone probably who's listened to the previous podcast knows that story and we won't draw down on that today um but yeah i probably used to eat with my emotions a little bit to make me feel better and those kind of things so that was probably an unhealthy relationship with food i guess that probably developed through that yeah look for that well that's very that's very normal and yeah. it's very and it's certainly a lot of lots of people get far far less healthy um i guess addictions and 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 avenues to cope with that kind of stuff as you grow up through the university days the sport um the team sport went to the back burner tell me and Locke about your individual sporting pursuits because you, you definitely achieved a lot in a pretty short period of time like you went very hard for three or four years how was your uh, mental health in that stage and was there any times when you were racing running long riding long whatever when you're in your own thoughts, because oh, I know I, I definitely do struggle with this and I've got a lot better as I got older, but how did you cope with certain like intrusive thoughts or thoughts um, while you were racing? Because it's, it's a lonely sport, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I guess through that time period of my life, I was focused on on doing those things that I had achieved and I probably squashed all of those things away or they were probably hidden behind the fact that I was probably training so hard and I was really pouring a lot of my energy into into that kind of aspect of my life and not not necessarily I was my happiest I was probably just not focusing on what what I needed to focus on back then I was probably squashing a lot of these feelings back down there as well back down within me which is something I'd been doing throughout my whole life um but at that time I, I was lucky enough to meet Jess and so that kind of you have those endorphins of um in your brain when you meet someone that you love and you really get to get to know and you really develop that relationship i kind of that kind of master a lot of it doesn't necessarily mean i was my happiest back then mm. when i was racing or running or technically at my widest i don't know i was a, it was a good time in my life there was a lot of good things happening so that might have masked or just overridden what was actually down below a little bit I know a lot of it for me, and I've talked about it. It, it, it. It's a lot of it comes back to self worth and how I feel about myself, and I, and I talk about my with my psychologist with placing expectations or having these unrealistic uh, images or thoughts in my head that sometimes that can manifest into the way I feel, and that can put me down into that spiral a little bit, which you're probably aware of, and you, you are yourself as well. Yeah, well, I guess I was. I mean, lucky enough to meet you at the end of that afterwards. Like, oh yeah, I kind of come out of that whole yeah. kind of big cycle. Like yeah. it was a big, oh, it was stupid really. Like, <laughs> back at it, like you went, you went ham for a few years and then ham for a year. Yeah, like I did, but obviously put <laughs> two in marathons and yeah, oh, and Ironman in the space of what between Gold Coast, which is in July, and Melbourne Marathon was in April. Off no <laughs> little to no endurance training, and then. Two years later, did another Ironman as well. So, yeah. it yeah, it was a big time. There's a lot of stuff that I did. Looking back now, I don't know how I achieved it. I think just to remind the listeners that you did very bloody well as well. So, very good results as far as, especially of a fellow who'd done, look, for 25 years, no endurance, <laughs> zero endurance training. So, there's not as if we've got a base here. So, the times that Pulsey was running and, and finishing were, were very, very fucking good. He should be very proud of that. But I, I was interested, Locke, to hear what he said about, and this is so true, I think, of so many of us. He, it was a good time in his life. So much was happening from a chemical point of view. Like, Jess came on board. So he's met his fiance. He's met all... He's done, 
Oh, sorry. I've just, I've just married him off. He's met, he's met his life partner. Um, sorry, Jess. No editing. No editing. He's, um, he's done like he's two Ironman, which is two more than most human beings on earth. Some very fast marathons in that time. Some very fast ten k half marathons. Look, some look everything aesthetics. All his stuff's great. He knows he's suppressing stuff, even if he doesn't. But he does yeah. now. I guess the happiness, like, there's these achievements that go in one side, and then that happens with a lot of athletes at, at any in any sport or any any high achievers really. Um, and I guess it's it comes back to some, like to the the old resilience project type stuff. Like, what is happiness? Like, is he happy? Is he happy yeah. because he's successful at this, or or is he just is it just a bit of a band aid, which is which is pretty like I, I've got big hopes for Pulsey the next decade lock and, Ooh, yeah. and and when he actually gets to that level again organically imagine mm. imagine the um the self worth then or the the tools that he's cultivating now is going to put him well ahead of the the person and the capacity he was he's like already he's helped so many people in terms of opening up his own story i i guess i find it fascinating how from going to going from being so uh, flat chat with training and, and competing mm. to that transition in your life to obviously the things that you would have suppressed would have started to open up and, and bubble up a little bit. Yeah. And how, how did that, how did your mindset change go from when you finished your last Ironman to, yeah. I guess, kind of recollecting your identity a little bit um, to now? I, to be honest, I've probably struggled since that point. Um, that's when I first started coming to Virtus. I think it was like yeah. middle of 2016 after Cairns Ironman and um, the great TK put me onto you and I was looking for something to do after that. So I came here and fell in love with this place and then jumped back in with runners and those kind of things. Um, to be honest, I'm still struggling with that now. Um, that's a big part of um, probably why I kind of spiraled down to where I was in that time frame from that middle of 2016 up until last year is... I think it's really hard once, and Rick said it before, like I achieved, I was proud of what I achieved, but to hold yourself to that standard, I feel like, and I still do this a little bit, is I hold myself accountable to what I've done in the past and to let go of that is really, really difficult because you've set yourself almost a target or a, or a, or a platform um, that you know you've achieved and you should be there. And we all know that that's probably not, in, I'm not a professional athlete, but people who listen to this are not. And I think for a lot of people is we fall into that trap of thinking that our best should be beatable as well. But I, yeah. I, I think I, ideally I would love to get back to that point. I don't know if I ever would. Um, it's It was, yeah, I don't know. As I said before, I don't know really know how I got there, but it just happened so quickly and kind of just, just the momentum built and I got through it. And I was lucky not to get injured and these kind of things. It was it was very very strange, but it's something that I still deal with today. And like I, I always come back to saying, you've got to stop holding yourself accountable to your past achievements. Hundred percent. And we're going on nearly four years since that. Yeah, last and event. I still still do deal with it now. But that's so normal. Um, so tell us about the last three years. You've you've been relatively consistent. You've, I think your immune system and other stuff started to play up as well due to due to no doubt the emotional and mental yeah. health. So tell us about tell the listeners about the last three years and how you described your depression in your blog, which was so amazing. And we'll get to all the diagnosis later. But the the, the description you use, which I've got here, but you can say it if you remember it. Um, <laughs> the fog about the fog. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was unbelievable. That's an analogy. Yeah, um, a nice analogy. That's only probably only just knowing that now is 
that's what it feels like kind of thing like I not that then it's just you thought it was normal it's just normal yeah you thought and, like, and Jess ever since I like met Jess it was she's been telling me for three or four years to go see someone prior to this like and I just said no this is normal this is life it's alright and the down periods were starting to become longer and more frequent and then it just happened to be like that and like I was just like always struggling with these kind of things about I just I remember telling Jess that I just wanted to be normal and these kind of things and, and I, I was holding myself accountable to things in the past and things I wanted to achieve in the future and I couldn't find any ground between those two I think and I just continually spiralled down, 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 down and down and that self-worth and positivity and the way I was feeling myself just got worse and worse and worse and it suddenly built to a point where and as stupid as it sounds it was affecting my relationship with Jess which was number one that should have been the first sign I um I should have gone and, and sought some professional help or seek some professional help it took it took until where two pillars of my life which is your work life it probably it took me into that point when I thought I wasn't contributing to work and I was really battling at work to do things and finding it hard to go to work and I know some days for people people don't want to go to work and that's totally fine I get it but for me I've always loved to go into work it's an exciting job it's dynamic I was waking up some mornings and having to literally drag myself out of bed to just get there and just like my mind was all over the place and, and scattered just just driving to work and just not enjoying it anymore and I thought oh shit there is something something wrong here so was there a moment or a a day or a something you, you kind of you can remember back to an anchor where you're kind of like okay now I, there's something there is something wrong and I need to seek help um it's actually it's really interesting um throughout this whole kind of period of trying to then learn some things about it and Wayne Swash who does pucker up and he's been on a number of different podcasts does a lot of these talks and he's developed his business or he's I don't even know if it's a charity anymore or if a non-for-profit and he goes and talks in the corporate space about these kind of things and Jess was lucky enough to go see a couple of his programs. He can clearly remember the time when he made the decision, knows the date, knows the time, about how he felt. It doesn't really come across to me. There is one day at work where I kind of just broke down. I just asked, there's two girls, three girls at work I work with pretty closely in our team, um, uh, direct team with the year 11s and 12s and... Um, I just, I think it was towards the end of the day and I just told them that I needed to speak to them. We've got a little adjoining small office and I just told them that I'd, I hadn't been feeling great and I, I don't know what's happening and I feel like I'm letting you guys down and stuff like that. And it was very emotional talk and got really upset. And it happened before a couple of times, but I think it was more work related um, and it was a stress and I just needed time to just get on top of things and school would, Work's been really positive in allowing me to do that a couple of times this year, and so yeah, I think that moment really, really um, uh, started the ball rolling, and I knew that I needed to go seek some help because I was I was in a pretty dark spot at that point in time. How long did you wait until you get got the mental health plan and, and got um, after that moment? I rang up the doctors. Um, I don't know if it was that night or the next day. To book in to see a GP. Uh, Jess had previously had gone seeing uh, a doctor down at on main top of Main Street, uh, Kathy Evans, who said who Jess had a little bit of stuff with anxiety before, and she spoke glowingly of her, and then she went and spoke spoke to a psychologist for a little bit, and she seemed to be 
really resonated with her in a positive way and she that was where we had that kind of conversation of me going to see someone came from and uh um I was managed to book in with I think even Jess might have booked me in for like I wasn't wasn't that keen. I just told the Jess, could you make an appointment for me? And that didn't happen until the following Friday. And that I think roughly happened on a Wednesday. I think I can't remember the actual timing of it all, but I tried to get in as quickly as possible with her. She was only working Kathy only works three days a week, so there was a bit of the backlog to get through. So but from that from that point in time I, I felt like I'd put the wheels in motion and, and I was still in a pretty dark spot at that time, but I, it was almost a little bit of sense of relief come from that, like just taking ownership of it and you, you, at the start of the journey and you know things will hopefully hopefully get better from there. Yeah, 100%. With the, with the process, have you, are you with the same lady now? Yeah, so I, I, I had... Um, so uh, going to the... Doctors, normal doctors, regular doctors, as males, we tend not to go too much. So I kind of bounced around between doctors to doctors for the last 15 years. Um, so I went and saw Kathy, broke down in front of her to say I'm not feeling that great. And she said straight away, diagnosed me with depression on the spot. <laughs> so <laughs> she just knew she could read it. Yep. She could tell the way I was um, sitting even. She said, like, you know, this is, you've got all these signs and symptoms that, I've got alarm bells ringing in my head kind of thing. So, and then diagnose me straight away. And then we're going to try on some medication. I'm going to put you on a mental health plan, uh, which is a brilliant thing that the, I think the government have put in place as well. Yeah. Tell the listeners more about that because I think a lot of people get put off by if they're not sure, they just, this, this could be totally fine to anybody yeah. that might be really struggling with, um, with costing and stuff yeah, yeah. and, and how he, well, not easy, sorry, but that conversation that broke down so many barriers for you has just opened up a whole new world for you. So, so uh, with a mental health plan, uh, if you go to your GP, they can activate that. Um, and then you're entitled to six heavily subsidized or even free um, sessions um, with a with a, with a qualified psychologist. And then you can go back and then ask for more. And that's in a calendar year. So um, I did my 10 between that time and the end of the year. I recently just saw Kathy... Uh, last week, got a new mental health plan, so now I've got ten free sessions or six sessions again, and then you have to activate the next four. So it ticks over every year. It ticks over every year, and that's available to anyone through um, uh, that kind of realm. You just got to go see your doctor, just ask. Medicare, and you just got to ask. Yeah. And just yeah, bulk that, bill doctor. Bulk anyway, bill, anyone, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So that's available to anyone. And if you are struggling at all, or if you feel like you want to have a conversation with someone, and it might not be depression, it might be anxiety related, anything to do, then you just want to try and sort it out. Go see your doctor. That's your number one port of call, and then they can filter you out to the available professionals. And um, I've never looked at the cost of my sessions. I, I know they're they're heavily subsidised. Um, I got to a point at the end of last year where. I made a decision. I was out of sessions, but I think it was really good for me to continue to go see. So it's something that you just like you invest in. Like we invest in a lot of other things, and I think our health and you guys both being in the industry, I think a lot of people spend a lot of money on other things rather than their health. And like you should, and like there's so many people that don't even have health insurance and, and these kind of things in this day and age, which I find fast find bewildering. But that's that's a story for another day. But um, it you got to invest in yourself, and if it takes that and it costs then I think you just got to do it because I know if I didn't and I said this to both Kathy and my psychologist at the end of last year it's I don't know what kind of spot I would have been at 
at the end of last year if I hadn't gone and done it. So I'm very glad that I did. What's your average week looking like at the moment? Not, not at the moment, sorry, since you saw, so not Kathy, but yeah. the psychologist. Um, since you saw the psychologist, how's your average week been going? Like, like you said, is it, it, hasn't, it hasn't continued to be this tsunami continuing to progress. You've kind of stopped in its tracks. You're a bit more aware yeah, of where absolutely. you're at day to day. So it's like, I've still had some down moments. Um, I've got, with my diagnosis, I've got uh, a prescription for some medication, so I've taken antidepressant. It's been a bit of a journey between that point and now to find the right one. Um, I've tried two different medications um, and four different dosages. So it's, it's been a bit of a, it's, and I think no individual is gonna be the same. So I think it's just a bit of a, a, a wait and see. And, and the thing with the medication is that it, it can take four to six weeks for it to have an effect as well. So you pretty much gotta trust the process and, and just help, help you hope you find the right one or the right dosage that works for you as, as soon as you can. So yeah. that took that took from probably the first point till probably late at the end of the year where I really found my kind of kind of right medication as well. And that's a big thing for listeners, the medication, it's it's certainly not taboo. All it does is take the edge off and allow yeah. pulse to be pulsed. So um, if it takes three or four different uh, medications and I know lots and lots of elite athletes that are on different antidepressants, anti-anxieties. So it's it just takes the edge off, and it does unfortunately take some some time to find the right one. But sometimes people get it straight away. That's right. So you, it's only taken you six to nine months, not even. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, four go like four kind of goes at it to really make sure it was right. Before we move off that stuff, it's important to know like different um, people do struggle to find the right psychologist. Like Pulsey's got a great one. Oh, but, I've, had, I've seen two different ones as well. Yeah. So, so if, if you feel like you, it's not worth, you go, you seek, you, you take yeah, yeah. five, six, seven, whatever. You're, you're in the, you're in the, you're in, you're the driver. You're the driver. 100%. You, if you, it's like anything, like if you, um, let's put it, use a restaurant analogy. If you don't like going to a certain restaurant, you don't have to keep going there yeah. with a psychologist. Like you're not forced there. You're not strapped in. So if it's not working for you, you don't have that connection, then it's, it's totally up to you to go find the right one. So there's plenty available around the Morning Peninsula and in the Melbourne area for your listeners, Rick, as well. There's plenty out there. Um, your doctors and your GP will be able to recommend recommend who they think is better. And it's like it's just finding the right match. So this, these conversations help as well because you know people can talk to you and yeah, and you can suggest yours, and I can suggest the one I've seen a few times, and, and yeah. we were able to open that up. Yeah. I guess the antidepressants are a tool. And you're you're certainly, and everyone at home needs to understand that Palsy isn't having this conversation from the finishing line. He's definitely no. still still well and truly in in the in the market of it as well. Mm. What are the tools or the uh, the things that have helped the skills or things you've acquired over the last six nine months? That you feel as though have helped you not not deal with it not overcome it because you're definitely still working on yeah. it but um, deal with it and, and help so the psychologist is it's hard work um, there's been times in there where I've been really emotional and come out feeling really drained and, and it's, it's tough um, having not done that kind of whole kind of counselling kind of thing ever you don't know what to expect and you really got to make yourself vulnerable in those kind of spaces to to get what it's worth so um I've done a couple of different things and we've looked at some cognitive behavior therapy and um, and to just give you this and I use like um, a Wayne Swash analogy he says they just give you tools for your toolbox to help you just kind of 
just get through what you're dealing with every day and and there's little things and I remember I went away um, to Tasmania with a group of friends to watch the footy down there with my partner Jess and a, a large group of friends and I, I had a bit of a meltdown at that point in time and one thing that resonated with me down there is that um, I just completely had a bit of a breakdown and it got really emotional so my kind of thing is to like um, it's obviously embarrassing to be in that state so I took myself for a walk and I just really needed to calm myself down and we do this thing called diffusion it's something that works sometimes for me where it, you kind of just sit back and you realise you just can just try and picture your thoughts in a stream on leaves and they kind of just float them away and that was one thing that really probably brought me back to a little bit and that's the only time I've ever had to use it but that's one of the skills um, my psychologist gave me so that, that's that's a good little tip I don't know the science or anything behind it, but um, it, it worked for me there. Um, yeah, just struggling uh, and just, just implementing just strategies that, that the psychologists give you and, and just putting them into practice in your day-to-day life is, is just something that they can do. One of the, um, both my GP and um, my psychologist recommended me do yoga. And now and going into a yoga studio as a 32-year-old man is very intimidating. And I, I've been meaning to do it for a long time. And I finally bit the bullet and did it towards the back end of 2019. And I found that to be very, very beneficial. Um, and I've actually really, really enjoyed it. And it's something that I'm, I'm going to continue on throughout, I think, maybe the, the rest of my life, the way, the, way, the way I think it makes me feel outside of... Um, inside that space, it's it's it was intimidating at first, but I've got enough confidence in there now to not worry. And that's the whole thing about yoga is is you try and leave everything before you walk in and just try and enter your space and try and concentrate on these skills and these shapes. And it's something that um, has resonated with me a great deal. Are you getting? Oh, it's never. We never. I don't think we can master it, but are you getting better at practicing that yoga practice in, in a lot of things you do in life, whether it's coming to Virtus whether it's going to a meal with friends, because a lot of things, a lot of times with this kind of stuff, we're just never present. So yeah. being in the moment a little bit more, that yoga stuff is magnificent for that. Mm. I know you do meditation five, ten minutes a day. That mm. is pure gold. Yeah, um, I, I get a lot of that meditation kind of, just getting into yoga early and just being in the, on the mat and present yeah. and just trying to clear my thoughts before jumping into those kind of things. And, and as stupid as it sounds, just lying still and just trying to be with your thoughts or trying to just try and just concentrate on you for that 10 minutes is is pretty amazing kind of spot to be in and it doesn't have to be yoga you just whatever works for you if it's reading a book or if it's going for a walk or just finding something that can just probably ground you and Wallace puts it like being where your feet are I think is really really important and get if it's getting out in nature or doing whatever or catching up with a mate for a coffee just finding that something to you that will balance you and bring you back to like the everyday kind of thing just being present back going back to the to the diagnosis and I think it's sometimes it can be it can be a barrier or it can be scary putting a face and a name to the thing did you feel as though having the the diagnosis helped? I think, as I said before, when I first made the decision to um, go get help, it was a relief a little bit yeah. to put like a label on it and being able to say, yeah, there is something wrong. And then having the diagnosis, it, it's it's something that, yeah, great. I've gone to the doctors, I've been diagnosed with something. It was a, a, a double relief there because then that was the first step in trying to fix it yeah. as well. Um, even though it's something that's 
to build. Uh, it's, as much as we say it's getting better, it's still there's still a long way to go with this kind of whole kind of space, particularly with males too. I think it's it's a big thing, and fem- not to uh, disparage the females out there, they're probably going through just as much shit as what what males do as well. But I think it just doesn't come up in conversation as much as it should, um, particularly male to male conversation. Um, that's society where it is at the moment. It's getting better, but the, uh, as I said in the post, there's still a long way to go. So, and hopefully things like this makes it better for everyone as well. I think conversations like this makes it a lot better, mate. And I think the, even the listener that might not have a clue who you are, that might be in another country, just listening to conversations like this, um, what educates them, for yeah. one. Um, for number two, they're going to go and talk to someone and reach out to someone. And, and, and just to know that, you know what, like it's a chemical imbalance, there's a lot of other contributive factors. It's let's just simplify life. Let's just make it simple. What, what, like you said, just be where you are right now. Simplify life. It's just simple. Like let's just not um, multitasking's another factor that's probably killing people. Where, uh, apart from the chemical imbalances, like people are trying to do too much at once, and, and the overwhelming nature of that is just it's not going to end well. So it's more and more pressure from society to be doing different things, and if we look to what and still a bit of the resilience project stuff we look to people that are doing things and um, we talk about being busy and that's what we think we have to be to be successful and it doesn't necessarily work like that like a lot of people fall in the trap of looking at social media and seeing what people are doing people forget that that's just the highlight reel and they're posting the best of the best and what they do and a lot of people want to be like these people that they follow and, and these kind of things it, it, it's there's an unhealthy balance there and I'm probably as addicted to social media as the next person as well but it's about trying to bring yourself back to your reality and understanding what's going on has your definition of success shifted over the last 18 months I know it's this is it's something where you're like right in, in the depths of it at the moment trying to figure, figure out yeah I probably I don't know what it is now um, it could be it can be a number of things. Um, it's hard to pinpoint what 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 success is right now to me. Like yeah. I don't know. Um, I've probably reached a bit of a probably tipping point in my life about what I want to achieve moving forward. Um, I have some goals fitness wise that I would like to tick off, um, and then there's some goals professionally. Like I don't know if I want to be the te- a teacher for the rest of my life is something that I've been probably struggling with. Um, probably for the past 12 to 18 months um, uh, yeah and, and then um, relationship wise like it's it's getting to the point in time I've been together with Jess for six years and don't get me wrong if I I'd learn I'd love to start a family but and then there's marriage and, and those kind of things which is all happening you see all your friends having kids and, and you just recently did that yourself and You've got KP one as well. KP did most of the work. So yeah, <laughs> but it, it, it's it's getting to that point in my life where I've got to start making some decisions for the future, which which is 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 an interesting. It, it's exciting at the same time, but there's a lot of things that factor in. I've got a mortgage now as well, and like the, there's things that are outside of your control a little bit, and it just makes it a little bit hard. So success to me, I guess if you boil it all down, we've come back to say being simple. Um, I just want to be happy and um, moving in a in a positive direction in my life in those kind of three aspects that I kind of just said. So that, being 
the last 15 seconds of what you said was fantastic i think like the 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 sport the 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 professionalism it's all byproducts mate and and the mortgage look it honestly like let's just get let's just really scale it right back to one day at a time yeah one day at a time if you can if you can live most of your waking hours in a good spot that's a success it's just a hundred percent a hundred bit like the other stuff will come like you know you'll run again well you know you'll do all that stuff let's just forget about that for now and just keep it real simple because as Lockie reminded the listeners like Pulsey really courageously is in the midst of it right now like we're not looking back on top of the mountain going gee that what a shit time in my life he's courageously come on air when he's in the midst of it which I believe just helps so many more people so the thing is let's just take it one day at a time this could be the listeners as well and not worry about that the professional you're very good at what you do you know that yeah so just again step back and say okay if we look at the little things whether it's i'm going to get a walk in with jess i'm gonna i'm gonna just um do something that's gonna make me feel good Mm. for the day and then the rest will follow as well and look doing those little tools that the whether it's um, you've read them, whether it's been a, a YouTube psychologist, whether it's your own psychologist, whether you've read a quote from Lockie or read a book from somewhere, um, something that reminds you um, about the bigger picture. It's hard, hmm. but I, I just think 24 hours is enough to look forward, in my opinion, yeah. right right now. And you both have similar uh, ethos or both in your different places that you, you facilitate. Like you, you tell everyone to make yourself better for tomorrow. From, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what the actual words that you use. In, Never can before. I. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I do something today. It's going to make you better tomorrow. Yeah. And you have a similar philosophy where it's yeah. like one step at a time kind of yeah. things. Consistency, you and you harp on. So, yeah. Um, you're a big quote fan. So, um, I've one of the wallets before. Yeah, yeah it's not kind of suits. Yeah, it does. Sometimes it's a little better to travel than it is to arrive. So it is a big journey, and and I. Had a psychologist appointment this morning, and I had a bit of a moment on Monday. And I, I get I get caught in a bit of a, a struggle with, particularly being on school holidays as a teacher. And Ricky mentioned this before: is that I battle a little bit because you set yourself with these grand intentions and what you're going to achieve. And I slept in to eleven o'clock, didn't go to the gym, spent the day in my in on my on my ass watching bloody shit TV <laughs> on the couch and felt horrible about myself, but I dragged myself here and really struggled. It was like, was gassed halfway through the session and had to modify it to get through it. And I just felt horrible even driving home. And it was just a simple conversation with Jess that probably snapped me out of that loop. And that's what everything leading up into this point, all those kind of, the medication, um, the tools that the psychologist and the doctor have given me, what I've learned through yoga and those kind of things and, and being more open and honest with people that support me and surround me is I was able to bounce out of that kind of negative kind of thought loop quite quickly, which is which is something that I can, like, I used to spiral down for ages. Yeah. It could be days, hours, even a week at a time, or I'd just be like, no, nah, I'm just gonna close myself off to everyone and not wanna do it. And this was before the diagnosis, but it's just the tools and being able to snap yourself out of it or do something that bounces you back up quite quickly. Talk a little bit more about your support networks, Jess, the girls at work, your staff, yeah. like you've, you've effectively recruited and already had recruited many, many people onto your team to help you work through this. Yeah, so I feel sorry for Jess because, and I think with depression is that you're, when you're in the midst of it, you're kind of most horrible to the people that support you the most. And Jess would have copped a fair brunt of it um, 
when I was probably at my worst. And you kind of just you put the, the people that you love, you tend to push away, or you're more horrible to. And and just it's really really hard. And looking back at where I was to where I was now, and there would have been some times where she would have been pulling pulling her hair out with me and. And because it made her life a little bit difficult as well, and there were some social anxieties there where I wanted to stop going to places and those kind of things too. So it would have made her life easy as well. So she's been an amazing support, and without her, um, I don't know if I would have ever gone seen someone. I could have been still stuck in the cycle where I was uh, back then. Um, you guys have been a great help in terms of just talking through it and um, uh, just telling you where I'm at and you guys have both been very accepting of and listening to me to try and describe the way I was feeling and just having outlets there to obviously go train with you Rick at Runners and come in and do that and you same here Wallace as well um, I've got a couple of close friends that have been really good with it um, Miles who Rick would know but Wallace hasn't had the pleasure of meeting has been uh, brilliant um, he is um the most caring man I've ever met. He's a bit of a degenerate in terms of <laughs> the way he probably portrays himself and portrays himself to other people, but he's one of the most uh, loyal and best best people that uh, I've come across. So kudos to him. And my close group of mates that I've discussed with both you boys on your separate podcasts where we've kind of been together for a long time have been really, really helpful as well. And there's few girls at work that I've had open these open and honest conversations with and they've branched out to some other people at work as well so there's been a big support cast and um, a, a lady at work who runs the daily all so she's in control of a lot of things she's been really really supportive of me and even uh, my principal allowing me to go to my psychologist appointments like knocking off work a little bit early and being real supportive of the time I had away and checking in on me and those kind of things has been really really great the takeaway I get from that is just it takes so many people to help and, oh yeah and no doubt that you're there for all of those people as oh well. absolutely so, and I think a big part of my personality is I would um, put myself before others so a big part of my psychology appointments have been trying to make sure I, I put my kind of self at the forefront on occasions and it's it's hard to it's hard to remove yourself from that because you've built up all these habits and ingrained in yourself that um, take a while to, you've got to break them down essentially and relearn a lot of the things that how you feel and, and that's going to take a long time if not and to be honest like you don't know like I'm a realist like I could have to deal with this for the rest of my life I don't know if I'm ever going to have to stop those um, have those thoughts or those spirals down but I think if we're happy all the time then that's that wouldn't be such a great area to be in as well that's that last bit that Pulsey said we don't ever we don't we don't think that far ahead. Number one, number two. Look, there's there's a chance that you will have thoughts. Yeah, yeah. it's normal. And but the way you're dealing with it already is so much different. So your spirals aren't seven eight days anymore. No. Your spirals might be seven eight hours, and that's the biggest difference with get, reaching out and finding help. I think, like you said, you got twelve or fifteen people that he's got. But if you're a listener, that you might be a bit like reclusive or, or whatever that may be, there is always someone to reach out to. Yeah. The GP was number one, 100%. So don't feel like, oh... Talk to you, mate. You got, you got people, I promise you. You got a, a second or third cousin that will know how to help you. And, and no one is going to ever, ever judge, number one. And they're certainly... You're not going to burden them, but 
they will be more than happy to open up their heart and their arms and listen first and then help you hopefully find the right direction. But I think the biggest thing from the last 10 minutes especially is Pulsey's, um, the way he's been, I guess, enabled by the specialist and to be able to find ways out of different spirals and and intrusive thoughts and feelings. I think too, if the shoe's on the other foot, if you are worried about someone, Beyond Blue and those kind of resources are a big tool. I know Jess has rang them a couple of times to just to see how she can help with the situation as well. And she said they they were brilliant. So if you are worried about someone and you want some information about how to help them to give them a call when there's plenty of stuff available on the internet. Or, and if you, it, it can be hard for the, the people that if you're worried about someone, it can be hard if it's a if it's a loved one or if it's a good friend or if it's someone that you work with and these kind of things, it's hard to, and it's hard to see that happen and, and being able to um, do that. Um, one of the girls that I work with, Tanya, she has a husband in a similar situation. So she's been a, an invaluable kind of resource in managing and just checking in on me because she understands it because she's dealing it with a, a day-to-day basis kind of thing. So um, she's been a, a good a good uh, resource as well. It's a great tip. Very, very good yeah, tip. So, yeah, so if your shoes, the shoes are, it's not always just you that you're worried about or it could be someone else that you're directly worried about, give them a call as well. And they'll be on the links. They'll be on the links to yeah, uh, this, this Furtis podcast and then when we Definitely. when we chuck it and run as well because they you, even if it's stirred up any triggers, make sure you click on those and, and give someone a buzz because the amount of beautiful people out there that are willing to listen and help. Um, and it doesn't a, have to be face-to-face. No. Like I had a lot of my probably original conversations via text message or messenger, particularly male-to-male conversations. You're not, they're not going to come up where you can have those kind of style of conversations. So I think if you're open and honest and people ask how you are, and I got to the point where I kind of just said, well, I don't want to hide it anymore. And I said, I just kind of say, yeah, I've been going okay. And this is what I'm dealing with at the moment. And then if it does happen to come up in conversation in a social setting, I'm more than happy to talk about it as well now. So. The biggest thing I think on finishing is nothing's changed in Pulsey's conversations. Like nothing changes in relationships. No. Nothing changes. Nothing. You just got to, you can still talk about the same old shit you speak about, the banter, the sport, whatever else. It's just that if it comes up in conversation, it comes up in conversation. Yeah, sure. Nothing changes. And that's the biggest thing I think we've got to get through to males. Uh, especially is just making it's sure it's not a sign of weakness or anything like that it's, 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 the, it's the total opposite it's the total opposite of weakness it's having the courage to talk about something that so many males for 200 years haven't Yeah. so it's total it's the opposite of weakness it's pure courage really and also helping like who knows in these kind of forums yeah, it's po- possibly tens of thousands of people literally over the years just listening to this kind of stuff um, any any more Regan or Lockie moving no, forward I think, I think for for all of us just be open, be honest. Yeah, that's like, a big like, thing. Open up those conversations. Chat to your GP. Like we've got, we fortunately live in a country where yeah. we have healthcare. access to all of this healthcare. Universal so healthcare. Yeah. Let's use it. I'm about to go get my eyes checked. So you know, <laughs> Wallace might have some reading glasses next time. Next time you see me. You do. You do <laughs> look very academic already. Oh, so sorry. imagine, imagine sorry. that. There's only two hours on a two hours on a Saturday where you don't yeah. look academic, Oregon. <laughs> He's an academic for 166 hours of the week. Yeah. I, I think it's just. Look, look after the big rocks first. Your sleep, yeah. Your, yeah. your food, your exercise, your movement. We, we didn't cover sleep, did we? So do you yeah. want to touch on how that's growing at the moment? I know we're going to go soon. Yeah. Um, sleep, for me, I guess when you kind of, when you, I think it all kind of stems from my endurance training is that sleep kind of takes it, it shouldn't, but kind of takes a backward sleep when you're trying to fit all your sessions in 
be a functioning member of society and, and doing your job properly like you get you're not getting as much sleep as you should and I think that um, developed some bad patterns in me and I really struggled to sleep for a little while and one positive aspect of me taking medication is it really is really allowed me to sleep better and we talk about sleep hygiene and being important and screen time and then there's things that I implement that try to, to that make me a better sleeper. Um, I'm in a bad cycle at the moment, being on holidays because you tend to stay up a bit later and sleep in. sleep in a little bit more. So I'm actually looking forward, and I tried to. You try and I'm trying to break it at the moment, which is tough because you just end up sleeping in the afternoon a little bit, and which YouTube boys probably are strong advocates for anyway. If you have got the ability to do it, then I'm amazing. After doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> to do it. So sleep sleep's really really important, and I, I place a greater emphasis on sleep now than what I had probably previously had. I think we need to cover that because it's, it, I think um, it doesn't matter where you're at. It's underrated. Oh, it's, it's the of, most underrated. And in terms of, and the boys both know, and performance. from what I, performance and recovery and... Oh, we're not, yeah, we're not, but the fist... You see all professional athletes that have all their sleep yeah. tracked and... Ronaldo. There's, there's studies out there five sleeps a day I think yes Cristiano Ronaldo literally five naps a day for 20 minutes but in in the endurance world there's they train in the morning go home have a nap and (laughs) it's no brainer and then they go sleep again uh, train again and and there's studies and scientific studies out there that show that sleep aids performance so I think it's a big one Um, nutrition's probably a big thing as well Um, just make sure you're on top of it and, and a lot of mine's stems from the way I feel about myself. So if I'm eating good food, I'm exercising, I'm doing all those things that we've talked about previously, I'm putting myself, I'm giving myself my best opportunity to have a good day. Now, if I don't do those things, if I don't sleep, if I don't exercise, I don't eat well, I start to feel shit about myself and then that can, if I, you know, if that loops into the next day or stuff like that, it, it makes it, 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 I know I'm going to have a down patch at some point. So it's about putting my best foot forward to making sure I, I achieve those things that I can do well. And if I do that, it's going to give my, me my best opportunity to, to have, a, have a good day. I've always loved the mantra of just everything you do, every decision you make will either take you closer or further away from the person you want to be. Hmm. And every decision... Yeah, so it, I think it, comes I, little it is your thing. I think it's a. I think it's really important that as well. If you put a checklist in place in a, in a twenty four hour period, and look, even if you do uh, laps, which is human, you're going to lapse, right? Yeah. We're not being too hard on ourselves. We're not. We're not throwing the baby out of the bathwater. We just get straight back on the next day's checklist. So whether that's for Pulsey, obviously nutritious, wholesome foods. He got seven and a half hours sleep. He meditated for five minutes that morning. Mm. He's moved for 20, 30 minutes. He's done all these things. He's had a, um, he hasn't had any lapses. He's been good, but if he has a lapse, like he goes and eats some rubbish or he's down on himself, it's going to happen. That's yeah. normal human behaviour. So we don't just throw the list out. We start again the next enjoy, day. Enjoy the rubbish and then make the next decision. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, Kupu, obviously everyone knows on this podcast, he has his minimums every day and he ticks them off as he does them. That's great. He he has, can you explain that for us? He's a maniac. Um, he, has a, I, he has a he does yeah. a journal like you do every day, yeah. but. On the left-hand side of his page, he sets his intention and what I think is his goals every day yeah. or something like that. And then he has eight to ten minimums. I think is eight. I think he's dropped it down a little bit. Okay, in the few, pro- yeah. So less, but he's just got his basic 
eight he's things he wants to hit. And like yeah. a, if he hits F- that, he's won. Yeah, he so close, he's won. one of them's like drink more than three litres of water. Simple stuff, but... One of them's read for half an hour, I think, for stuff like that too. And that's what he... And I don't go to that kind... And everyone's going to be different. I don't go to that extent. But five minutes, listeners. Yeah, yeah, five minutes. Yeah, whatever yeah. whatever it is for you, if you know there's certain things you need to be doing, you just check them off in your head, but mentally or whatever. There's a lot of great things with... Um, tracking diaries and journals these days, a resilience project, do a great job and giving you a resource available to you that does a lot of the hard work for you, it's all there ready for you and gratitude and, and these kind of things too, something. Very, very, yeah. very important. And the more we do it, like even if, if it compounds over six months, 12 months, you'll look back on 2020, if you listen to this show, yeah, and you'll go, wow, little little gains, but massive results by Christmas. You even know? if you, uh, the, Resilience Project boys are just saying, just what are three things you're grateful for Daily. that day, or what are you looking forward to today? And it's, it's simple, simple things like that that can, all the studies out there that show, and they're another invaluable resource. Um, their website, and if you've got an opportunity to go see either Hugh or Martin talk, um, I'd highly recommend that they're doing some brilliant stuff in in that kind of space. Um, he just released a book. I haven't quite started it yet. Um, I'd recommend it though without even reading it so oh, a, I'll finish it it's a cracker yeah absolutely yes I smashed it it is uh, yeah. one He's of got, the, they've got a podcast out now. one of the great books The Resilience called, Project um, The Imperfects and Hugh goes around and interviews some celebrities that are similar to this and they talk about their journey and how they're feeling and uh, Hugh interjects with some words of wisdom throughout that and he's a very good talker and he's on top of all this kind of stuff so um, yeah I'd recommend that one as well good I got a, I got a Jim Carrey quote to finish off <laughs> this, this is one of my favourites the Joker in the worst Batman of all time <laughs> I believe depression is legitimate but I also believe that if you don't exercise eat nutritious foods get sunlight get enough sleep consume posi- positive material and surround yourself with support then you aren't giving yourself a fighting chance I think that decimated what I just said. Exactly. Spot on. Good from you. Lads, well done. Good chat. Thanks for having me in again, boys. Pulsey again. Thank you for being the person that you are. Yeah, really appreciate that, mate. Um, The listeners, I think, need to go over that probably three or four times because you can do it on your run, your drive, anything, because that was some gold content and he's opened up his heart and soul. So thanks for Pulsey.